The world famous 135 with the unstoppable Peter Wilkinson. Welcome aboard Sprout One. I'm your host, Dave Algio, Chief Sprout Sweater. And this week, episode 28 is a big sweat. And I'm delighted to be joined by Pete Wilkinson, who I've known for years and is just such a motivational, inspirational and effective person in so many, in fact, all areas of his life, I would say. But in terms of business, I came across Pete in early networking in my own business and so much grabbed me about him, his drive, his personality and his insight and experience. And in this episode, what we particularly focus on is his 135 main methodology for developing a, a vision strategy and some goals and working towards focus and achievement. He's the author of the book Unstoppable, which I'll put some links into the show notes just so you can pick that up if you're interested. But on with the show. As we lift off the pad and before we get into the episode, don't forget, if you find that the demands of life and the meaning of it all is leading you to sleepless nights, tossing and turning, deep and not so deep questions rattling around your head, then hop on over to SproutSweater.com and gain access to my free Operation Snooze Sleep Improvement Audio Program. Start getting your head back and your shit together so you can start getting life back on your terms. SproutSweater.com Hi everyone, welcome to another Big Sweat episode. As those of you who are regular listeners know, the Big Sweat episodes are longer episodes where I get the chance to pick the brains of an expert in a particular field. And today I am chuffed a bits to have friend and performance coach, Pete Wilkinson. Hi Pete, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks Dave. Yeah, good to see you. You too. It's great to have you along. And I've been looking forward to really just diving into this, in, yes. in particularly your world famous 135, but we will get to that. Yes. <laughs> so could, uh, just for the benefit of the audience, could you give us a bit of a, a background to yourself, your, you know, what got you to where you are and what you're working on and what your specialisms and expertise is? Yeah. So background is mainly corporate work for a big energy PLC for a number of years. Um very grateful for that. They had a great philosophy around training, which was very cutting edge. You know, we talk about training now, having training organizations. It was. Um, I did a an education incentive scheme with them. You 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 could request a course, and if you were destined to become like one of their leaders, they would fund it. So you would pay for year one, pass it, pay for year two, pass, et cetera, et cetera. And I did an MBA through Newcastle Business School, fully funded by the business, which was great. That really got me interested. But to be honest, right, I was looking through the books on the shelf and there's a one called the book of business, money and power. I kind of bought that when I was like 18 year old. So I've always really been interested in business and performance and things like that, you know. So then doing the MBA kind of really got me really thinking about business and I then uh, ended up being the sales manager of that business, running like a £30 million sales team, which was great. I then ran my own retail business for a while. I then began to like it rather than loved it. I moved out of that in 2009. I then started coaching some people and came up with some methodologies. And one of them was the 135 that you talked about, which I used to say was the world's best. But then I got a couple of emails from people around the world um, Israel, South Africa, Australia, a couple of guys, one guy from Brooklyn, New York, and uh, one, one from someone in um, 
in the who read the book in the Bayview Library, Toronto, Canada, which I have got no idea how my book is in the Bayview Library, Toronto, Canada. So I'm now thinking, hey, I'm not one for, 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 for selling things short. I'm going to class it as the world famous because I am now world famous, you see. <laughs> so um, so that, that, that started quite a number of years ago. I then began speaking a lot, an organization called Vistage, who I'm very grateful for. I've done lots, many, many hundreds of workshops for them. That then led me into sort of winning some awards, which is great. That always opens doors. And I began building out a coaching business. Then people were using my methodologies, the 135 and various other models I've created, gap model and effectiveness model and all these different things. And then people were saying, I'm using 135, but it like it would be better if it was like, you know, digitized rather than PDFs and templates. And I mean, that's better than nothing having PDFs and templates, but there is limits to that. Certainly when you've got a team doing a good few, few million. So then we, in 2016, 17, I kind of started to think about what a software tool could look like using the 135. Played about the ideas, had a few ideas, spoke to some local guys who I know and some guys in London, raised a couple of quid, uh, launched Reclaro, uh, made loads of mistakes, learned loads of stuff, and then um, started getting some traction with the business. And then last year, sort of after making lots of mistakes, started to scale the team up. We're up to four people now in the business. And with that, so that side is like a SaaS startup, sorry, software as a service startup business. So I'm now wearing kind of two hats, if you like. I've got all the, the coaching, consultancy, speaking part over here. And then I've got the sort of software part, if you like, as well. And the two dovetail together, but it is two different sort of areas of my, my business. And the big picture is growing the SaaS business to a point where we, um, we have what I would call a benchmarkable business, which is very important to me. Right. Brilliant. Great. Brilliant. Great. Great. Thanks for that. And, and I mean, I, I can see knowing, knowing the, the work that you do, how the SaaS business fits together, but I can see that they also are different beasts in terms of yes. your focus and headspace. And one of the things that I've always admired about you over the years is, um, is your ability, your, your discipline and your ability to focus. And I think that's one of the, the key areas. So yes. I guess just, you know, to kind of put it in the context, the, the audience that I speak to tend to be sort of the, the, the mid-life professionals mm-hmm. who may be working for public sector or mm-hmm. corporates that are mm-hmm. that are in positions and looking to just claim back a bit of life for themselves you know reclaim right. it. after after pursuing a career perhaps experiencing a bit of burnout wanting yeah. to embark on goals and it might be fitness or health goals or it might be a new you know a side hustle business to you know mm-hmm. with ambitions outside of that i guess really for me it's you've got t- people who are time pressed who yes, are getting pulled yes. in a lot of different directions, which is where the 135 will come to. And I keep teasing it, we will get to that. But ha- t- talk to me about some of the, the your, your approach to the focus and discipline, your mindset around that, because I think that's yeah. something that's really important. Important, yeah. So um, I, I'm, uh, a caveat is I've been described as slightly intense, Dave, and um, I'm, I'm not going to sort of shy away from that. Uh, <laughs> I am a bit intense because... Um, what I feel so passionately about is um, helping people to be their best, whether they are working in a public sector business, a charity business, uh, um, a corporate business. It's, 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 we sometimes forget that organizations are made up of people and people need to be optimized to play a really strong part in that organization. But they are also people. They have 
tends to have families or friends or children or spouses and partners and husbands and wives and all this stuff. So I feel really strongly about helping people to understand what they could do, where they could slightly change their behaviours to produce better efforts without just working more hours. And that's a really, really important thing for me. Like my business purpose is to help millions of people to be their best. And I know that the content and the speaking and all the blogs I write and the, the books and all that stuff, the content's going to help so many more people than the product ever will. You know, not everybody, maybe nobody listening to this will be a Reclaro customer. And that's fine, right? Because, because I know that from exploration and from training and I, I get this stuff and I read all the time and I study and I've been very, very blessed. You know, go back to school, Dave, right? I used to get told off. Like, like in the North East, you'd say you got wrong. I used to get wrong every day for two things. And I mean, literally every day, right? In fact, tiny secret. This is why I call myself now Pete Wilkinson rather than Peter Wilkinson, because if somebody calls me Peter Wilkinson, I'm straight back in the classroom being told off, right? <laughs> right? And I got told off for two things. One was not being able to sit still, having too much energy. Neither was always speaking, right? And I've now got a great business doing very well, helping lots of people, traveling all over the UK and some stuff abroad by having lots of energy and speaking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, to get a bit cheesy and a bit deep and a bit, a bit let's hug the trees, which is nothing wrong with that, but... Um, you know, two important dates, Dave, the day you're born, the day you realize why. And, and, and I know that I've got core skills, I've got a lot of energy. I do focus on fitness and health, as, as you know, and that's really important to me. But I've got lots of energy and I can speak passionately about things that I'm interested in and communicate to help people. And I'm, that is kind of like my purpose. So framing it like that, there's certain things that people can do that I help them to do to dramatically improve themselves. And they're not bloody rocket science. It really isn't. I've got these four things I call the power habits. And there's, 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 there's four power habits that's a really good starting point. And, and the first is, the first power habit is focus. And, it, and it's learning how to focus. And you can be taught, you can learn how to focus. You know, how to minimize distractions how to be clear what you really want, how to get into a state to perform at your best. You know, there's things you can do with that. The concept that's been the most beneficial to me is the concept of flow, F-L-O-W. And there's a Hungarian professor called Mikhail Cheknzenkniheil. He works out of Chicago University. So you could just Google Hungarian professor, Chicago Uni Floor, and you'll find the guy. He's got a great piece of work on how a surgeon, a pilot, uh, a, a, a conductor, how do those people get in flow? And, and, you know, once I studied that piece of work and, and understood the concepts, I, I would class myself now as someone who can focus. Okay. So focus is the first thing. Second thing for me is personal organization. Um, it's a bit like time management, dear, but it's like it's like time management on steroids. And personal organization is where you are aware of how much time you have. You don't estimate how much you can get done in a day. 
You get better at estimating how long a task would take and you feel more in control of your time. You learn around advanced diary systems. You prioritize maybe color in your diary, working in your business or in your role is in green, on your role or on your business development is in purple, personal is in blue, done is in red and things like that. Simple things, but, and, I, and this is, sounds going to sound harsh and it might cause some criticism, but I'll, I'm going to say it anyway. I absolutely believe the day is long enough. I absolutely believe it's 86,400 seconds, 24 hours. If the day needed to be longer than 24 hours, it would have been bloody 25, right? It's been 24 for quite a while. And the reason it's been designed that way, and this is a really important takeaway, Dave, you absolutely don't have enough time for everything you're currently doing, but I believe you do have enough time for what you need to get done. And that's the difference, Dave. That is the difference, is when you learn to focus on what's really important, what's going to move your dial, what's going to create an impact, then when you get in a personal organization, you build your structures, your time around those high-value activities. Not activities, Dave, high-value activities. And that's the difference. That is the difference. So you build your focus, you talk about personal organization. The third habit is being proactive. And... You know, I thought I was pretty proactive, but when, when you know, depending when people listen or, or, or watch this, you know, we've had the COVID scenario. I thought I was proactive, yet that thrust my business. You know, I couldn't go into gigs. I couldn't go into workshops. I couldn't go and visit people. I had to think. So I had to, so I bought an iPad and, and, and downloaded some free tools to learn how to use it properly. Then I bought this app and I had to then convert my workbooks into PDFs that I would share on the iPad to make it interactive to share with people so I could deliver sessions, you know, through Zoom, which was the main medium, um, to 10, 20, 30 people. So I thought I was proactive, but I only got the iPad, Dave, because it was thrust upon me. So even though I know this, I think, you know, I could still be more proactive. I should have been doing that years ago, Dave, right? And then I could have saved time. I could have reached more people. So the bit about being proactive for me is, do you spend enough time in prep? So do you really prepare for the meeting, the week, the day, the phone call, the crucial conversation, the one-to-one? Do you actually spend enough time in prep? And I'm getting better. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting better. at spending much more time in prep. So I'm proactive so that the event whatever that event is, workshop, coaching session, consultancy day, strategy day, you know, whatever it is, goes better. So I'm, I'm looking ahead, I'm anticipating, I'm trying to position to be more proactive. But the fourth one, the fourth habit, which I, I, I call is a, um, is a foundation habit, is self-discipline, Dave. I think it comes down to self-discipline. I think, I think if, we were, if we were honest... Areas of our lives that aren't where we want them to be, whether that's savings, investments, work, health, relationships, it's down to discipline. We start off really well, but then we just drift off, you know. And I think if you can get to the point where you would call yourself a disciplined person, where you build trust with yourself, I think that's a great place to be. Mm. Because I like willpower and I'm motivated and, you know, I want to succeed and I want to help and I want to serve and I want to be wealthy and I want to have a great business and all that. But if I'm not disciplined, it doesn't make a difference. 
you know, mm. disciplined is doing it when you might not want to do it. When the willpower runs out, yeah. you're not motivated. If you're disciplined, you'll still come and do it. Yeah. And, that, and that's the big one, mate, is discipline, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's an interesting one. I don't know if we'll have time to get to that because I would like to come back around to that if we can at some point, because I often think many of us can be, we can be really disciplined in areas of our life. And often it's on somebody else's dime or somebody else, not dime, but somebody else's terms. Yes. So, you know, you go to work and you're very, like as a police officer, you're very disciplined in so many right. respects. Yeah. But it's almost like when you come away from it, doing it for yourself is kind of different, but it can be learned as well. Yes, yes. And, you know, I mean, ultimately, uh, we, we talk about, we get the 135, but the one in the 135 is vision, Dave. And, mm. and you know, I, I do believe people should have a vision. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I've, I personally like the idea of a five-year vision and a 12-month plan. So a longer-term vision and a 12-month plan. I've just done a session this morning with some recruitment people who are generally a young workforce uh, normally, you know, um, people like sort of early 20s and 30s are in recruitment. So they, they for them, three years is a long time, you know. So they, that, we've been helping them today think about what a three-year vision would look like. But I, I do believe you need to have a, a personal vision of where you want to be at a, at a time in the future. And for me, the longer term is currently five years and then bring it down to a 12-month plan. I think once you've got the vision, once that becomes a burning desire, then I believe it's easier to be disciplined because you can connect the discipline here to get me to where I want to be in three years, five years, or, or 12 months, if that's your time frame, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the bit that's missing sometimes. Like, like why do I want to be fit? Why should I read? Why should I study? Why should I invest? Why should I build my pension? You know, why should I learn that new skill? And, and, and if you've got a vision, I think you can connect to that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely um, totally in, into that. So I guess we mentioned the start of the 135. Let's mm -hmm. get into that if we can, because I think you're right. This is kind of, for me, a, a really powerful framework to build in those elements that you're talking about. I mean, focus as the, as the number one bit, the first yeah. one, and then everything sort of falls into place after. So talk us through the yeah. 135. So the 135 is, is a very simple tool um, that I designed many years ago it, it, it was, it's literally one of these back of the fag pack, not a small foot, you know, like the metaphor, uh, having an idea and then building it out, trying it. And I did, I, I did one of the early ones on doing uh, an Ironman triathlon. So it was like, right, okay, then how could this work? Vision, get across the finish line, you know, by a certain time. And then I was thinking objectives and I was thinking three is great because I did lots of work in the area and reading lots about, you know, numbers and, and, and how many to have. And I know, from a corporate background, I sometimes had 33 objectives, which you just bloody can't focus on, you know. Um, and and um, one of my sayings is, in order to achieve more, you need to focus on less. And I think sometimes we think we need to be widening our focus. I'm actually all about narrowing and deepening our focus. So three objectives. And uh, in triathlon, that would be swim, bike, run. And those that know triathlon, you swim first, then you go on the bike, and then you, you run you run last. So um, the reason we have three objectives is that it's a great number. Um, it's not too many that you, you forget where you're at. It's not too narrow that you're not covering things off. Um, from a business point of view, dear, there's a book called Execution. And in, in that, Larry Bosti Ram Sharan wrote that, and he talks about the three processes for in business which is strategy ops and people it lends itself to three really really simple you know um 
if you go to a bar and you're having a drink and if the stool's got two, two legs, you might fall over. It's got three. It's nice and stable. So there's lots of benefits of the three. So I wanted that to be quite um, encompassing, but not too wide. So it's one vision and then it's three objectives that sit beneath the vision. So the vision's like, what does a Roman good year look like? For me, in my department, I'm looking after these 10 people. What, and you could get the team involved, you know, if, you, if you're managing a team of two or three people or five people, or if you're, if you're a, your own individual professional, you go, great, what do I want to achieve in 2022 or 2023? What does it look like? That's your vision. Then you break it down to say, what's these three mission-critical objectives? You know, what are these objectives that must be in place? And then the five in a one, three, five are five goals or key results that sit beneath the objective. So you clarify the destination, which is the one, that's kind of like, you know, um, where you want to be. The sort of the what you want to do to get there is the three objectives. And the how you're going to hit these objectives is the, is the, is the sort of the, the, the method, the how, is the five key results or five goals beneath that. So it's really simple model. Um, I believe if you want to execute, just avoid complexity. Just get things as simple as you possibly can, you know. And, and you can explain this to a 12-year-old. You, know, you can say, right, our department are going to deliver this in 12 months' time. To achieve that, we've got to nail these three objectives, mission-critical objectives. To nail them, we've got these five goals or five key results. So these five things will deliver the objectives. These three objectives will deliver the vision. And you can explain that to a 12-year-old. They get it. They go, right, great. Yeah. And, and that's why it works, because it's plumb and simple, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I think this is why... Um, you know, it, it, it resonated with me, you know, at the time when I, when I first met you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, six or seven years ago. God, right? isn't it? It's, a long, it's yeah, longer yeah, than that. But yeah, um, I think I'd um, made a mess in my business and then had to go back to policing and, and juggle my business, etc. You and were doing a hybrid role for a bit, weren't you? you were trying yeah, to... yeah. Trying to run the business and work part-time, then full-time in the police, etc. And for me, being really determined to continue with the business, overwhelm and burnout with the yes. risks. So how did I, how do I uh, back then stay focused? And it really helped me to kind of just narrow it in yes, on the key yes. things that move. Now I made mistakes and what have you, you know, and, and kind of I probably drifted from the path in terms of interpretation, which is why it's lovely to talk to you again today. But it's also been useful for some of my clients when we've talked about this, because again, it's that risk that, you know, they've got enough on their plate and yeah, often yeah. being too busy doing, you forget, well, what direction am I trying to travel? Or yeah. you kind of find yourself somewhere where you think, is this it? Like, mm-hmm. is this what I'm working for? So that stepping away and going, right, what is my 135 could be really, really useful and powerful yeah. in terms of a personal vision and then those life objectives. So yeah. any experiences yeah. in that respect of how, you know, how somebody might tw- tailor it for their own personal kind of... Yes, yes, I have actually. And I've worked with people on that. And, and one of the benefits, like anything... If you played tennis a thousand times, you'd get kind of good, you know, and I've built about a thousand of these one, three, fives now, and I'm getting, I'm getting kind of good at it. And with, on a personal sense, what we see a lot of is um, they build a personal vision and it's really, it's really like, you know, what, what could life look like for me? You know, in the next 12 months, if, if I, if, if life was really good, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm, I'm in a great place or I'm in a better place what would it look like? And that's where you would start. Your first objective would probably be a work-related one. So like in a lot of people, you know, if we want to live in a house or go to the theatre or have a meal or, or whatever, you, you, we're going to have to work generally. We're going to have to do something, you know, exchange some time 
for some money to live a certain way. So core objective one would probably be like a work-related one. And it would be around doing the job to the best you can do. And what, what could that look like would be the first objective. Second one, um, normally we see it around a growth base, like a personal growth one, such as I'm going to learn how to be a better leader. I'm going to learn how to sell better. I'm going to learn how to manage better. I'm going to learn how to think better. I'm going to learn how to make better decisions or somewhere that you think you think actually, if I am going to have a good year in my business or my role or my job, I need to, where do I need to grow? You know what I mean? What does that look like? And then the third one normally is a personal one to do with either the work-life blend or a fitness one or a relationship one. And, and I've had top-level chief execs even of like, you know, 100 million pound businesses building a one out like that because they have a tendency to be a workaholic. Well, that sort of one, three, five allows you to be quite um, measured and it's pretty holistic because it's like you're only going to reach this top one if you get the work piece right, the grow, the growth piece, the development piece right, and the work, the work life blend piece right. No good having a great career. And people probably listen to this and watch this, have great careers, but if they're honest, their relationship's not where they want it to be because it's all business or it's all work. And I realize sometimes, you know, it's hard to do that. And I totally sympathize with people who have to do 60 hour weeks every week to make it work or to make the, you know, to, to get the income they want. I, I, I know that's like, I've been there before. I know what it's like. And that's why I prefer the phrase work-life blend, not work-life balance. Mm. Work-life balance, you know, you, you think it's got to be balanced, right? You've got more than a penny. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be balanced really. As long as the blend is right for you, you know, somebody looking at the outside might think I'm working a heck of a lot. I do put big efforts in, but I have the right work-life blend that my, my wife and I are happy with that blend. Mm. But make no mistake, I'm putting in a massive effort at work. But then I, I still do things like, you know, bugger off to Spain for August and just go and drink a lot of Rioja and eat bollocks <laughs> and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but, but it's the blend that's right for me. Yeah. And some people, friends, are like, geez, I don't want to work that hard, Pete. That's fine. You don't need to work that hard. You need to put that effort in. That's no problem. But the blend's right for me because that's, that's, it's personal to me. So if you are in an, em an employed role or, you, or, you, or you're finding it, you're struggling and you're getting the overwhelm, Think about having a work-based objective. Think about a growth base. And I do think we should have the growth mindset, Dave. You know, you, you've, you've, you've grown all the time. You know, geez, it's, you, it's totally changed from what you were doing to where you are now. It's, it's great. And I'm the same. Um, and we're always learning. And I think we should make sure we are sponges, not rocks in that respect. And then having a, a, a work-life blend one that could include relationship. It could include exercise. It could include meditation. It could include sleep. You know, could be a, could be family, it's whatever. But you want to get a balance, and that's that would help. You know, because then what you do, Dave, this is where it gets very exciting. I get quite animated with this because I've seen it work. Is once you've got your three objectives around, you know, your job, your your um, your growth, and your personal side of things, it's then easier when you find yourself doing something to go, is this thing I'm doing right now? contributing to one or any of my objectives and if it isn't you should ask yourself two questions the first question is should it be done 
like this thing I'm doing, should it be done? The second question, should it be done by me? So it might need to be done, but not by you. Because if you're doing something that's not going to contribute to one of your objectives and you need these three objectives to deliver your vision, you've got to be honest and do a check back. Say, why, why am I doing this thing? Why, I, I, it's, it's habit. That's why I'm doing it. I've always done it. Yeah, but it's not, it's not serving you now. You know, it's not, it's not productive. It's not effective for you because it's not going to help one of your objectives. So I use my objectives all the time. Mm. And, and I'm fortunate to get asked to do lots of things. And some of them, some of them, Dave, and people will recognize this. We think they're opportunities, right? But they're not. The distractions masquerading as opportunities, you know, the yeah. bright blue butterflies. You could go here, you could go there, you could go here. And I, and I think, being honest, like if we have some way of grounding us back, yeah, you could go and do that. But is that going to help one of your objectives? So when someone asks me to go, oh, Pete, I'd love to get you involved in this project. I'd love you involved in this initiative. I'll say, hey, Jeff, I'd love to have, I really would, but it's not in line with my objectives. Is that all right? And you go, yeah, yeah, it is all right. And it gives us a chance because I've got to be, I've got to reconnect with this is the plan. You know, yeah. it is. V vague focus produces vague results. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you've got to get spe specificity. You've got to be focused on what's going to move your dial. And that's yeah. what you, that's where your objectives come in. Simple as that. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much I want to dig into here. Right, couple of things. Keep looking then. at the clock, don't you? Saying I'm. <laughs> I know, keep looking at the right time. Uh, I don't know what you and me are both like with time. That's but right. anyway, the, there's a couple of things. the The idea of using your one three five is that 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 um, touch point, I guess, where you come back to compare. Right, hang on, is this will, will this move me forward or not, or is that an opportunity? I love that. Mm -hmm. How often does somebody? Um, and I'm thinking about a couple of particular clients who've had the, asked this question. How often do you find it's useful to touch base with those objectives, with your 135, outside of when you get a decision to make? You know, you get a decision, right, let me just reflect, is it fit me 135? But generally, right, how often right. would yeah, you say? Yeah, yeah. so, so um, one thing we've noticed in all my work of the last decade with high-performance people, and whatever that looks like, right, but people who, you know, people who, say they're going to do something and then do that thing and perform at a great level. But one of the big things they have, Dave, is routine. They have routines, right? You never, ever get on an aeroplane. Um, we, we were, we, before lockdown, we went into New Zealand and we got the aeroplane and, I, you know, and we're going to, we're going to set off. And I don't know, people might have done that flight before, but one of those flights, um, you can fly from, from, from Auckland straight into Dubai. Okay. It's a 16, 17-hour flight. Never touches the ground. Phenomenal engineering, right? I would be slightly upset if the pilot went, guys, we're on the schedule. I'm kind of busy. I'm going to skip the pre-flight routine. I've <laughs> kicked the tires. There's enough juice in the tank. Let's just head for Dubai. I'm like, whoa, man, 17 hours over flipping without stopping. Let's just get this right. You know, how often How often do you, do you, do you would, would you like it if the surgeon was about to do some operation and they go, oh, geez, we haven't given Davies flipping anesthetic yet. Quickly get that in just as they're starting to, you know, do this major op. You get a pre-op. So you have people like dentists, surgeons, and pilots that have a, a routine. And I call it like a, like a, a, like a, a pre-shot routine. It's like, before I take this shot, Johnny Wilkinson, right? Rugby player, England rugby player. He had a way to set the shot up. 
you know? He knew that doing that routine would increase the likelihood of achieving the outcome, which was to kick the ball through the flipping post, you know? And like the pilot, I want to take off safely and I want to land safely. So I'll do my pre-flight routine. So routines are really important. And I believe that people should have a way to start their week and a way to end their week and a way to start their day and a way to end their day. And I think having a very simple routine that's documented, right? Not like, John, we just want to take off. Well, what do we do again? We've checked the tires. We've checked. We've got enough fuel. What else do we do? I don't know. Is it, do we check the doors? I'm, I'm talking documented, you know? Yeah. Only be a few things. So I will run a morning routine and an afternoon routine. I'll, I'll, do, a, I'll do a Monday routine and a Friday routine. And generally, I'm checking in with my plan every Monday and every Friday, right? On a, on a day-to-day routine, this is my little goal book here. I write my goals in. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this for blooming years. And I'm writing out the same blooming thing every flipping day. And I put a little bit of my vision in the top of that. So on a morning, first thing I do is before I do any email, before I do any meetings, I don't check social media, sit down. I have a little statement I read. It's, I've got a photograph on the phone and I've got it by me desk here. So I read it on this, on this thing. If I'm at my desk or if I'm somewhere else, I've got my phone. I read that. I then write out short vision, my top five goals and a closing statement. I then look at my 135 on our software, Claro. I look at it on there, clarify what I'm going to do. Then I check email and I, the day starts. So I'm doing that because I, I need to be focused on what's the big stuff. It's really easy to put off the big stuff, do the easy stuff, and then you get home and you say to your life partner, Jeez, I've never stopped today. It's been so busy. And your partner goes, great. Have you made an impact? And you go, nah, I've just been doing stuff. So by course correcting every morning or Monday, Friday, it keeps it front of mind. You could say to me now, Pete, what's goal four when you write down? I'll just tell you, Dave, because it's it's just in there. Yeah. Whereas you say to someone else, what's goal five? They'll say, well, then it's not really likely you're going to hit your goals if you don't even know what they are. So for me, I'd get a very simple routine set up, at least to start Monday and box off Friday, ideally, you know, morning and morning and afternoon, just a quick check in. Where am I going? What does it look like? And, and, you know, get the point where I can recite my vision. Yeah. And then it's then it's embedded. Then it's in the subconscious. You know what I mean? Then you've got this thing at the back of you know about the reticular activating system that gets switched on. And I start seeing things. It's going to help me to focus on my vision because it's absolutely clear. Yeah. And I think that's what we should be doing is a little simple routine. Doesn't take long. A couple of minutes. But set your shot up before you flip and start, you know, get your day set up, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and from my perspective, I, I totally... I totally buy into it. It's something I do. And in terms of focus, I, I kind of like to think in opening loops and closing loops, like at the start of my day, I open the loops mm-hmm. on the things that I need to focus on that day. And it's the one, three, five, the, the key elements that I'm going to be working on that day that help me kind of open the loop. It's a bit like booting your laptop up. It takes a few minutes for the boot up. So rather than like trying to use it last minute and then you've got to boot it up, you have it ready. You boot yourself, you boot your brain, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. you, with it? And that's how I think it's really useful. And, and as you see, close down ceremony at the day, I call it closing ceremony at the end of the day where you can, right, 
close those loops back off. What am I doing now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess that kind of ties in with my thinking is check in regular, get it to be a ritual, yeah. get it to be that habit. Um, and, and, you know, it starts to get ingrained and you, that focus comes with it. Yeah. I mean, my mom's passed away now, but, you know, I'm 51, Dave, and I don't know what age it would be, but in my 30s and 40s, I very rarely got a phone call from my mom saying, have you brushed your teeth today? You know, I, I kind of made it habitual. But I've, I've got an eight-year-old and I've got to remind her to brush her teeth still, you know? So once you build your routine, a very simple, straightforward routine, it should become habitual. You know, th- this goal book is probably about the seventh or eighth I've had. It goes everywhere. You know, the phone has this statement photograph. It's documented routine. And, and you know, 99.9% of the time, I follow it exactly the same way. You know, there might be a very brief, very rare occasion that doesn't, but but it's a system, you know, and it's habitual. Like brushing my teeth, I get showered every day, Dave. I flip and brush my teeth every day. I do certain things every day, yeah. right? And I do my own thinking and, and writing my goals out, clarifying my vision is one of those things. So once it becomes habitual, you've just got your, you've got your focus, haven't you? You know what I mean? Because yeah. you could be working really hard on the wrong things and you could be exactly. off in the wrong blooming direction. Yeah. Hey, that's no good. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think if, if you, you know, like many of the people that I speak to, um, if you are genuinely, you know, you're rammed in a lot of ways in terms of work and demands, but you genuinely want to make a change, as you say, you have to focus in on less. And I guess this is where, for me, the question I wanted to ask was the vision, you kind of develop that, you develop the, the objectives as in the, the areas. And I like that personal uh, aspect of work, growth, and and some something to do with your personal relationship. Then you've got your goals, your, your goals out of that. Now, those goals, you're going to be working on at any given time, mm-hmm. but out of those will come your to-dos, your yeah, actions. We, uh, I yeah, I mean, I call them milestones. Like I break the goals down to a series of milestones right. and, and tasks. Yeah. Yes. It's your to-do list, yeah. 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 So in terms of that, 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 that is where um, – Again, it's how do you maintain a focus on that? Because I, I imagine out of the three areas, you've got the five goals, you've got your milestones and then tasks, you'll have a, quite a few tasks to do. Mm-hmm. So in terms of experience, how do you kind of ensure that that in itself doesn't become overwhelming if you kind of yeah. try to, where do I start? What am I going to focus yeah. on? I know what area, but. Yeah. I think if you start, you know, if people listen to this thing and well, that's all sounds great, but where do I start? If you can do one thing per day that would directly contribute to one of your goals and if it was just one just start with that and then build up to two things a day and maybe get to three things a day and just if you get three things done on friday that's going to contribute to your goals directly you're not kidding yourself not like clean my email and flip and spend 15s on linkedin networking which is you know that sort of stuff but proper tasks that's going to contribute you get to the point of three tasks per day 15 tasks per week you know 60 tasks a month directly linked to your goals then you're getting momentum but start with just one thing yeah and that's all you got to do one thing what's the one thing today look at my goals right i I, want to land you know i don't know i want to i want to have the appraisals done i want to i want to do appraisals done in my department by, by the end of uh, November. Great, right? What's the one task? Right, I can get me first five appraisals booked in and get the date sent to the guys. That, that, that's it, success. Yeah? Or, or work-life blend. I want to be healthier, fitter. Right, right what I want to do? Right, I told you, I want to allow myself an extra five minutes today to plan the nutrition tonight 
to, to, to make it a meat-free day, if that's what you want to do. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill this bottle of water for two liters and I'm going to make sure that's drunk by 6 p.m. That could be the task. It's just as simple as that. But the compound effect of that is monumental. We forget that sometimes. We overthink it. Yeah. We all honestly we overthink it. It's, it's simple stuff. Yeah. This is where this is where the sprout sweater comes in. It's focus on the small things, the the, the smaller tasks, but consistently yeah. do them consistently um, over time. The thing that can be a challenge is that they can often seem too small in the moment to think, ah, you know, what what's that? What difference is that going to make? So it's kind of how how do we remind ourselves? How do we keep saying, right? Actually, this counts. This this will matter. It might not matter if I just do it once. Like if I brush my teeth once this month, that's going to make no difference. Yeah. But doing it every day, obviously, is yeah. a different kettle of fish. Yeah. So I think it's kind of how how we. <sighs> how we develop that. And for me, it's about that small, start small, start symbol, but in the context of your vision and the objectives. So you kind yeah. of know you're moving forward. So yeah. in terms of it, do you do kind of a review process on a longer term, sort of a month, three months? How do you, how do you work that in to sort of say, yeah, it's been a good month. I'm heading in the right direction type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, from a business point of view, you should be tracking stuff. There should be some sort of, I don't know, whatever it would be. I mean, spreadsheet could be, could be task sheet, could be complete, could be Gantt chart, Trello board. There's loads of stuff. You know, Reclaro, the software is, is exactly that. It is that system for businesses. But as an individual, you still need to be tracking something. You still need to be having some method. Dave, even if it's a, even if it's like a, a an A4 book, open up on the left hand page, you've got everything you need to do on the left. On the right, you just have to do today. And even if it's just taking something from the left page, putting the right page, crossing it off, and then having a five-bar gate, even that is better than nothing, you know? I think one thing we have to do is spend a little bit of time at the end of a period, could be a week, could be a month, could be a quarter, where we do look back and go, where have I made progress? I personally do it weekly. And think about what's the progress this week. Oh, I had four good meetings, generated some extra demos, met some great guys, got a conversation about a partnership, got the team done, signed off the new explainer video. Simple things. But at the end of the week, if you spend about 60 seconds thinking of and look at your back at your diet, remind you, wow, I've made some progress this week. And then you want to then come back Monday looking forward to making more progress, you know, Um Ideally, you would do it weekly, a couple of minutes. You might do it a bit longer in a month and you might do it more detail in a quarter. But you need some way of seeing that you're doing things and things are improving. You've got to look for it. You know, if it's a health and fitness thing, your VO2 max is going to increase. Or, or, or you can now run to that lamppost before you're tired. Last, last week, it was that lamppost. Now you've got that lamppost. Or I'm going to, I'm going to enter the... The, the couch to 5k program i want to do it i'm going to do a park runner whatever you, you know you, you set your intention and you track something you know it, you know what even works for me dave is just to say i'm going to have a nine rated out of ten nine out of ten rated nutrition day even just even just saying that out loud you go right if i give these bag of crisps that's not going to be a nine out of ten day have that jammy dodger that's not a nine out of ten day so even just something as simple as that but you need to have some sort of way of tracking some little simple way of measuring doesn't have to be complicated. It could be dead simple. Yeah. But you do need to keep it front of mind, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's a combination of sort of developing the vision and, the, and identifying the areas of d- identifying your goals and revisiting that as as often as you feel is necessary to 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 get you going and get you focused. Yes. But then have a way of being clear about what the tasks are, the day to day actions and habits. Yeah. And tracking that you're doing those things. Yes, yes. And it could just be when I started, I want to convert everything in my diary to red. If I put them in my diary, that I was going to do. At the, and it was done, it would convert to red. At the end of the week, if there's anything that's not red in my diary, something hasn't been done. I don't do that now. I've moved on from that. But that's how I started. Simple as that. You know, easy stuff. Um, I used to work in my business a great deal. So I put those tasks in green. I wanted to work on my business more, like develop my business, develop my team. So I put those in purple. Simple goal for four weeks, see more purple in the diary. Simple stuff. But I could just look and go, oh, there was three purple blocks. There's now 10 purple blocks. Like, you know, there used to be five things that were green at the end of the week that I hadn't done. Now everything's red. I've done everything. Bloody hell. Celebration. Give yourself a reward. Or the onion bhaji with the chicken tikka masala. You know, let's go to town, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Like and I guess one of the things that jumps into my mind is also not to do. You know, you've got your tasks. I love that. that you do I love the not to do list. I love right, it. Right, go on. How do you do you use them or what, what's your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, on yeah, that? yeah. So so the big thing for me is um I can make more progress by having a not to do list than a to-do list. So right. literally build a not to-do list. And anything on your not to-do list, you start with things you're doing that are beneath your pay grade. Okay. okay. So like you want to earn this much money or your title is this. Come on, be honest. What you're doing is beneath your pay grade. Okay, and I start adding things. So once a month, look at what you're doing, what you've been doing, and anything that you think ah, I shouldn't really be doing that. Put that onto your not to do list. Like I, I, you know, I, I run a business. I shouldn't be booking train tickets. I shouldn't be organising hotels, man. I'm really, the biggest takeaway really is being more like Frank Frank Sinatra. Frank never ever booked the tickets. He didn't sell pints. He didn't put the tables away. Frank's not a came in, he sang and he split. What has to happen to be more like Frank, you know? And I think you need to have a not-to-do list mm. with things that you know deep down, why, why am I doing that, you know? Yeah. I used to have to do it because the business was growing or I was junior in the business or in the organisation. Now, I'm a manager-grade person. You know, how many, how many consultants, I don't mean... Um, health consultants, I mean, like, you know, consultancy, consultant people, they're still doing their own diaries and emails and, and, and send their own invoices now. Get a VA. Find somebody who's, who loves that job, does it really well, and, and, and you can buy back time to do something of a higher value. Mm-hmm. So, so you, I, I like to help it build not-to-do lists. Yeah. And it basically starts with what you're doing is beneath your pay grade, get on the not to do list, and let's see if you can either dump it, delegate it, or delete it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I love that. And and for me, the to, not to do list is just a way of making it clear and articulate to yourself. I don't do that. Like checking social media, you know, you, it, it can become a compulsion and a habit. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that between. And then yeah. how can I add friction in to prevent my default to do that? So to make it harder so I can yeah. break the habit as well, you know? Not, not to do this for me. All my not to do this is push notifications. Yeah. I, I don't have any. I don't have any push notifications. I use a Mac. I've even gone at the settings so that the little mail app on the bottom left used to have like a one or two or three yeah, yeah. emails. I've removed that. There's nothing. So if I'm talking to you now, Dave, there's nothing happening on my screen. Nothing yeah. pushing in. Nothing taking my attention. 
and, and that was on the not to do list. You know, I, I, I'm a bit intense, as I've already said. It's, it's like no music during office hours during the week. If I'm driving, it's either I'm thinking or it's personal development. Mm. You know, that's on the not to do list. You know, um, I don't like to work weekends if I can. And I will often have a 24 hour period per week where there's no work. That's on the not to do list. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to keep checking email every five minutes. I'm not, you know, there's, there's certain things. Um, and you know what? It's not about being perfect, David. It's just about making progress. Yeah. Just try and make a little bit of progress with this stuff. You're never going to get perfect. But I think if you can build some little new routines and some habits, some, some make some things habitual that you know are going to help you and, and just have a way of tracking those towards this lovely, beautiful vision you build, and that's all we can do, you know? Yeah, and I, I totally get agree with you. And I think <clears throat> that talking to you, you're kind of taking it to that master mastery level. And, you know, it's it's about just picking, well, what would what were the small things that I would, can learn to build towards that? Because as you say, yeah. we're all working towards something, or yeah. ideally we would be. Um, and I certainly aspire to that kind of level and practice and build in some of those things. But I'm always tweaking and working on it. So I guess yeah. that's probably a good place because I'm conscious of time. We could talk for, for a lot longer. Yes, Dave, we could talk for yeah. days. <laughs> I know. But I think that's a good place to leave it in the sense of, you know, there is 24 hours in a day. A lot of that is filled with doing, but it's the whole point of the one, three, five in particular is to kind of give yourself a chance to step away and work out, well, what, what is this doing all about and where's it taking yeah. me and what do yeah. I want? What's my, what's, what's in it for me? What's my vision and what three areas would get me there. And out of that, through the five goals or yes. out of which come the lists yeah, and the, yeah. and the it, tasks. It, it, if people, yeah, if people could, there's two things I would say as we, as we kind of start to draw close. One is it's absolutely not enough just to work hard. You've got to work hard on the right things. And the mm. second thing, if there's one thing that people took away from this whole you know, conversation is if you could just stop doing one thing that's mm. getting in the way of you being your best, just start with that and yeah. then continue. That's all I, it is. Simple I love sense. that. Yeah. Total sprout sweater territory there, Pete. Just to end there, just what's the one thing if you stopped it? I love that because I bet we've all got one of those, of whatever so. level we're at. You know? it, could, it could be how you talk about yourself. It could be saying yes to every project. It could be that you're not assertive enough. It could just what one thing is stopping you being your best and just trying to. It could be, right? Here's what I used to do Netflix and bloody buggers. Next episode starting five, four, three, two, and you think, I watch one more episode, and then you still another 40 minutes, and then you don't get your morning train session done, or you don't get your pre-routine done because you're on the back foot, or you sleep in. So what one thing gets in the way of me is watching that extra episode on Netflix. So I don't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. it could be simple as that. Sorry, Netflix, but yeah, I'm I'm going to bed. Yeah, well, I'm the same with Ted Lasso at the minute on Apple. I'm doing exactly right. that. You've just kind of been pointed that. That's right, I know. One more, one more. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's great, but you're right. Um, so anyway, that's brilliant, Pete. Thank you for your time. I'm conscious, obviously, that you haven't to shoot off for something else. Just we will get show notes, links, uh, and a little bit more about you in our in the show notes. There will be a transcript for those of you who would like to check that out. Any call to action from your point of view? Anything? Where can people find you? Anything yeah, you'd like to just I mean, highlight on, from your side? LinkedIn's a big one for me. So Pete Wilkinson uh, dash Reclaro. I'll be on there. Reclaro.com is our website. Um, you know, it is a business OKR software tool. However, we have got loads of blogs that you've mm -hmm. got on how to be your best, running better meetings, how to prioritize, what are OKRs, how to run, 
how to have better one-to-ones, how to do better appraisals, all that piece. So there's loads of content on reclaro.com that people can go and get free resources, templates, ebooks, all that stuff. Brilliant. And there's the book that you mentioned. Yes. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a big stretch for me. But yeah, that's on Amazon. Yeah. Unstoppable yeah. by Pete Wilkinson. Yeah, we do. Uh, that was a big stretch for me. And that was a bit of a, a goal that I had to set myself to get to become a published author, you know, but I've done yeah. that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember that. I remember your approach to doing that. You know, to set a day a week and it just was, it, was, it was ten Wednesdays. It was five hours every Wednesday for ten <laughs> Wednesdays, and I wrote, I wrote fifty-two thousand words in ten weeks. Yes, well, well done, and it's a great book, so I do recommend that. Again, we'll put a link into the show notes. But Pete, thank you very much for your time. All right. If we get around two, would you be up for that? If I do, yeah, Constantly. absolutely. I love talking. Yeah, <laughs> great. Cheers, matey, right. and thank you very much for your time. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. I hope you've enjoyed your flight aboard Sprout One. For show notes and information on how to get the podcast feed direct to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other favorite podcast feed, visit SproutSweater.com. And touchdown.